as a entrepreneur, one question we have to ask ourselves every time we make a decision, is this going to make my company money? Is it going to make me profitable? Because the reason you started your business was a to make more money. Maybe it was b to get out of the the corporate you know position you had. Whatever it was, there was a reason you started your business. But if your business is not profitable, it won't always be profitable right away. But eventually, it should be profitable. So every time you make a decision, even early on, hey, is this gonna is this gonna help me hit my one year, my five year goal financially? All right, here we are. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Go Vertical Podcast. We are on number nine today. Can you believe that, Warren? That's exciting. Next week's the big week, number 10. Number 10, double digits. We're excited. Special guest next week. It's going to be like, I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Um, All right, so uh, I am Nick Jordan, as you all know, joined by my friend and co-host, Warren Utsi, and we are super excited for our guest today. Um, so Warren is actually going to be the guest today as well. I'm going to interview Warren in this podcast. So I don't know exactly. <clears throat> I would like to tease what we're going to talk about, but I'm not exactly sure where this is going to go. Uh, but just know that this is going to be fun, and you will definitely oh, yeah. be inspired and encouraged. So uh, make sure to listen in. We're excited for this one. All right. With that being said. Warren, are you ready to go vertical? Let's go. All right. All right. And we are thankful for our sponsor this month, which is the Roofer Help. Um, Are you interested in starting your own roofing business? Or do you own a roofing company, but you'd like to expand and break into commercial roof coatings? The Roofer Help offers training, product demos, hands-on support, and many other resources to make sure that you are successful in your next step. Check them out on Facebook. Just search for The Roofer Help. And back to the show. Warren, uh, I believe you have a tip of the week again. Yeah. So this is something fun that we started doing on the last episode. And so this has been great because it's made me think. And I think my tip got a little bit long last time. It was more (laughs) like a, a little podcast within the podcast. But my tip today is share your story or your services with five people every single day. Very, very, very brief. It can be five to 10 seconds. Get them to ask you what you do or introduce yourself as Warren from Seamless Roofs or something like that, or Nick from NSJ Digital or Warren from The Roofer Help. So make sure five times every business day, maybe seven days a week even, but five days a week, you are telling somebody about yourself. And in a, in a non-aggressive uh, way, in a non-telemarketer way. Relationship. Um, yeah. So that's something that I was challenged to do a long time ago by a couple different mentors. And um, once it becomes, it's like anything else. Once it's a habit, it's way easier to do that. Nice. So, and usually so that, when you ask people what they do, they in turn ask you what you do. Yeah. That's a good point. So it's a tip and it's also a challenge. I love it. Yes. So challenging tip that's that's, that's right. great i'm gonna have to man oof, i'm gonna step up my game <laughs> um <clears throat> all right awesome great tip well like i mentioned at the top uh 
Warren is my co-host and my guest today. Um, Been so a while we, since we've done that. Yeah. So as some of you who are regular listeners may have noticed, we changed the format a little bit last week for the interview part, and uh, it was a lot of fun, went really great. And so I thought it'd be interesting to to put Warren <clears throat> put Warren through the gauntlet and uh, ask him the questions and and see what happens. So uh, here we go. So Warren, let's talk a little bit about where you've been in your history. So what do you do? Can you tell me in one sentence what you do or what your elevator pitch is? I help people start and or grow their own business along their entrepreneurial journey. Perfect. So in that, what do you spend most of your time doing day to day? Answering phone calls, emails, uh, communicating with people for the most part, uh, trying to answer their questions, you know, finding their answers if I don't have them. Okay. What is one thing that keeps you awake at night? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> actually very little, but most people probably don't know this, but my probably the only time that I'm actually like laying in bed at night is before like a huge event mm. or maybe, a, you know, we're getting up early and I got to make sure that I got everything together, but not much keeps me awake at night. I've probably for the last year, I've been able to go to bed and just kind of turn my mind off as, you know, as, it's hard sometimes, but um, I, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs who they really struggle with that. And mm -hmm. that's something I'm thankful for. My wife doesn't really like it, but when my head hits the pillow, I'm going to sleep. Zero. And so we'll often watch a little episode of something and then talk and hang out and, and uh, not much keeps me up at night. Yeah. Awesome. That's cool. <clears throat> so what do you do when you're not working? Some people say I work all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love to interact with people. So like I love networking, um, whether I'm on vacation, maybe I'm hunting, maybe I'm fishing. Most people that know me well know that I'd rather go fishing with two or three other people than by myself. I'd rather go hunting with two or three other people than by myself. I'd rather go whatever it is. Um, I do love people and I, I'm thankful for that. And I'd love to network with people, hang out with them. Um, so typically, you know, we'll do a lot of things, just Lauren and I, um, as a, you know, as a family, we'll go do something fun, but typically I'm, I got my phone turned on, um, from, you know, when I get up to when I go to bed and so get a lot of phone calls, I guess you could call it work. I enjoy it so much. Sometimes it doesn't seem like work. Um, yeah. I've created friendships with a lot of our clients who I consult and work with. And so when they call, um, like I just got a call a little bit ago from my friend Max and it was just like, we were catching up with life, but we were still talking about work. So, um, spent a lot of time just, just talking to folks and, and, uh, chatting about life. So nice. Awesome. So you're kind of just doing this podcast all day, every day, <laughs> just chatting about life and business. Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, that's a little more maybe about who Warren is than we've gotten into uh, previously. So that's that's great to hear. Um, <clears throat> so like I said, we'll kind of see where this goes. But Warren, you are further along in your business journey than I am. Um, you're kind of where I want to be in, you know, a couple, three years. Um, and... And like you mentioned, you know, not only 
have you progressed yourself on that business journey, but you also now are helping others to kind of work along their business journey. <clears throat> and so I, I thought it'd be interesting to just kind of look back on some things, you know, and, and what you've learned in business, um, especially maybe early on. And I was thinking about decisions uh, today and, and making decisions. So my first question for you is how do you deal with, you know, when you get to a fork in the road, you can go one way or the other. How do you, how do you pick which way is the best way to go? How do you make those hard decisions? And did you ever get, especially early on, did you ever get decision paralysis? So I would say kind of, um, as a entrepreneur, one question we have to ask ourselves every time we make a decision, is this going to make my company money? Is it going to make me profitable? Mm -hmm. Because the reason you started your business was a, to make more money. Maybe it was B <clears throat> to get out of the, the corporate, you know, position you had, whatever it was, there was a reason you started your business. But if your business is not profitable, it won't always be profitable right away, but eventually it should be profitable. So every time you make a decision, even early on, Hey, is this going to, is this going to help me hit my one year, my five-year goal financially? I think that's gotta be the first thing. Um, along with that, maybe I shouldn't say the first thing, but is it ethical? Is this something that follows the golden rule? If, if mm -hmm. I make this decision, like sometimes in roofing, you have the decision of, you know, putting a roof job on for a little bit cheaper if you take a shortcut and I see a lot of people taking shortcuts. So, you know, you go, it kind of goes hand in hand. Like if something's not ethical, but it is profitable, it's still not right. Maybe something mm -hmm. is ethical, but it isn't profitable. Probably still shouldn't do that. So I think those are the two main things. Like, is it ethical? Is it profitable? And then the third thing, probably if I would add one more thing would be, does it match my five-year goal? Like we all need goals. They do change sometimes a little bit, uh, but we have to be very careful with distractions. So for instance, early on, I had a decision whether I wanted to offer residential roofing or just commercial roofing. And looking back, you know, we would have got some great cash flow right away from the start, a little bit quicker than we did on the commercial side. But it would have been a distraction, I believe, um, if we would have tried to start both at one time. So when you make decisions, I think um, you can't always just sit there and think, is it wrong? Is it wrong? Is it right? Is it right? You know, but you will get you will get quicker at making the right decisions. Usually we can make a good decision if we wait just a little bit longer. Um, but as we get more experience, we'll make that quick decision and it'll be the right one. Um, one thing that about decisions that my mentor, Charles Herbster, always told me was a decision made in haste is often the wrong one. And so that would probably be a, a big thing. If somebody's pushing you really hard to make a decision, um, just have them back off for, you know, a day or two and, and really think about it. Talk to a few people um, that are your mentors or maybe it's your wife or maybe your business partner. Um, maybe it's an employee. You know, let's take a day or two. It's not a bad thing to wait um, a day or two on most decisions. But as you get more experienced, you'll be able to make the right decision quicker, if that makes sense. Yeah. So how did you deal? How have you learned to, to maybe deal with if you ever got decision paralysis? Because I know it can be really hard, especially early on, when you don't have the experience and not knowing what's the right thing to do. And sometimes it's the little things. 
Sometimes yeah. the little things are the things that trip you up the most that you just sit there and overthink and overthink and overthink. And, you know, sometimes you just got to make the decision and move on. But how do you, how do you get over that, you know, getting stuck, spinning your wheels, you know, trying to make mm -hmm. a decision? Well, I think depending on the decision, if it's a small decision, I think sometimes you just got to go with your gut. <clears throat> and if it's a big decision, something maybe you have zero experience in, uh, don't get too emotional about it. Um, talk to somebody who has made that decision before. Um, but the small, you're right. The small decisions, sometimes we just, we just, man, I work with, with guys who way overthink things. And then I think I work with guys who don't think things through at all. Um, but you know what? The guys that are most successful, are the guys that just go all in and they make some mistakes and they rebuild it, or they have people around them that rebuild it. Um, but they kind of, if you think about Donald Trump, you think about uh, different people that are very aggressive. Um, they're very successful because they were able to make those decisions quickly. They didn't always make the right one, but they had people around them who could make the repairs and, and keep going. So I think overthinking is almost as dangerous as making the wrong decision many mm. times. You know, mm -hmm. it, it might even be more dangerous because if you just, it's like you can, and next week we're going to have a guy with that doesn't overthink things. He just go, go, go. Um, but there's people in, let's say you're shooting a bow and you aim, 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 fire. And then you aim again about for, you know, 10 times, and then you fire. But then there's the other guys who just aim, fire, aim, fire, aim, fire, aim, fire. Mm -hmm. And they still are going to have more kill shots than the guy who just, you know, especially about unlimited ammo, you know, you're going to have way more kill shots if you just shoot quick. Um, yep. So especially I'm, I'm kind of talking in a business sense, you know, you, you just go, it's a numbers game most times. Um, for instance, in roofing, like people sometimes way overthink putting on a roof bid. And so they'll take days like thinking about how they're going to present this. And I'm like, just go present it and then move on to the next one. Like just put mm -hmm. out 50 roof bids. But sometimes we get caught up on, hey, we got to have a perfect presentation and we way overthink things and then we don't get anything done anyway. So um, hopefully we can bring some value with this. But if you're overthinking things, um, you know, try to work on yourself personally like personal development so you can create character that can make the right decision if that makes sense nick like yep. building your character maybe like it's like practicing before the football game so you can make the right play when you're in the game rather than during the game trying to learn how to read a play or whatever so you know do your homework beforehand that way when the decision comes up um you're going to be ready to go yeah yeah, that's good. Someone that I follow says frequently to take massive, imperfect action. Um, a lot of times hmm. we want it to be perfect. Like you said, mm -hmm. that, that proposal has got to be perfect. This email has to be perfect. And you spend so much time on it that, you know, you're just wasting time. And it's like, no, you just got to get it figured out, get it good. But it doesn't have to be perfect. Like get it done, move on don't waste your time. So. Yeah. And I think, I think we have to learn how to read our customers too. The one customer wants a perfectionist and you better push hard to be a perfectionist mm -hmm. and everything better be in line uh, when you're working with him or you're probably going to lose the sale. Uh, the next customer just wants quick. He wants a simple formatted proposal. He wants, he wants it done right away. It's all about promptness for him. So 
learning to read those customers. You can usually tell by walking in their office. You can tell by a phone call. You can tell by the questions they ask. And sometimes you have to, you'll learn that. And I'm still learning that for sure. Even after eight years of taking phone calls, it's trying to figure out what's important when they're asking questions, when they're making comments, what's really, really important to them. So if I do come across somebody who's extremely detailed, I'm going to put an effort forth to maybe overthink it a little bit, maybe put a little extra work into that quote, um, that piece of information I send over. So learning to read your customer is very important when you're trying to decide like, you know, how should we bid this job? How should we present this quote? Whatever that is. But business decisions, like I I kind of joke, but I have without fail every year in business made a financially bad decision. They weren't always huge, but almost every year somewhere I did something stupid with marketing. I bought a piece of equipment. I, like we have a piece of equipment sitting in our shop that I bought four years ago that I really thought we needed. We have never used it one time. It's... <laughs> The guys don't like it. Um, it's too heavy. We need a lift to get it on the roof. And it's like, wow. that was a dumb decision. I haven't sold it. I don't know why not. But mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm okay with that as long as I don't make a lot of bad decisions. But it seems like every year without fail, I'll make I'll make at least one bad financial decision in our business. And thankfully, they've been getting smaller rather than bigger. So, yeah. Well, that's a great segue into what I had next, which is what happens. You know, sometimes when you're facing a fork in the road, they're both okay options to go down. Um, you know, you can go one way or the other and, and you'll go in different directions, but either way you'll, you'll get somewhere. But what happens when you make a bad choice or go in the wrong direction? One of those forks was actually not at all where you want to go. What do you do? Well, I think it's good to have people around you that, are that can see your blind spots sometimes we're digging a hole really deep and and we don't have anybody around us and we're too stubborn to quit mm -hmm. um you know i think there's there is some truth to you know some people quit digging just before they get to the gold but a lot of people just keep digging like they've already dug a deep hole and they just keep digging deeper instead of trying to crawl out of the hole and so i think having people around you to make you aware of the wrong decision is really big or having like just some self uh, reflection time to sit down. Like, let's say it's a financial decision that you made six months ago and you thought you're going to get your, your money back in a year to sit down and, and do the numbers, you know, and reflect on that decision and see if it was a good decision. And if it's negative, if it's not working, you know, being man enough to stand up and say, you know, I made the wrong decision. We're going to pull out of this deal. We're going to quit investing in this or we're going to quit offering this, whatever it is. Um, I've definitely made the wrong decision in life and in, in my business multiple times. And, you know, you just got to backtrack and it's, you know what, it's going to hurt either way. You can try pushing a little bit longer and working at it a little bit longer, but usually once you've made the wrong decision and once you realize it, um, you can, sometimes you can fix it and hold it together for a little bit longer, but oftentimes you got to track all the way back to the root problem where the decision was made and then start the repair from there and go back mm -hmm. to the fork in the road and take the other fork. Yeah. So. I, I think one thing I've learned too is to be honest with yourself, mm -hmm. which is harder than you might think because entre entrepreneurs generally are very optimistic. And so to stop and really be honest with yourself and say, no, I, I can't continue to be optimistic about this. I need to have a realistic look mm -hmm. and realize that this is not working and something needs to change. 
Um, and so being willing, like you said, to have those moments of self-reflection and then also being honest with yourself, admit you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the other side of, and, and I know we have two kinds of listeners. The other side of that is people only try stuff for a little bit. And, mm-hmm. they, and I don't want mm-hmm. people to think like, maybe you're, maybe you're trying something right now. It's not working. Maybe it's a new marketing method. Um, you know, whatever it is, maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but maybe, maybe you just need to give it a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you need to just, just tweak it a little bit and you can get it to work. So I think, you know, we're talking a pretty broad look at decisions here, but yeah. um, I'd say there's some of each where, you know, they, they stick with it. To, it's not working. They're not willing to admit that. So they stick with it, but other people it's not working, but it's because they're maybe not, maybe they're not working it hard enough. Maybe they haven't given it all enough of a test to make sure it's going to work. So there's two sides of that. Um, I think that self-reflection is going to reveal that. Um, and then also having other people reflect on your actions like, hey, what do you think about this? Should I keep going? Should I pull back? It's so important. We've talked about this mm-hmm. so much, but having those people in your life who are willing to be honest with you and um, help you make those big decisions or help you decide that it was the wrong decision and go back and, and start over. Yeah, and even just sometimes not even just consulting with people, but just verbalizing things. That's one thing I've been trying to do better about. We've had conversations about this because typically I'm a very like internal processor. Mm -hmm. um, And so I just work through things on my own and I'm just learning the importance of sitting down with people and just speaking, like talking through things and speaking your feelings and what's going on. And when you can just get it out, and just have someone to process through it with you. Maybe they don't even need to give you wisdom, but just kind of help you process through it so you can verbalize it. That can be really important too. Yeah, and and to that point, I was talking to my sister. We talk, you know, a decent amount about business and she was kind of at a fork in the road um, in her business and it was a huge decision she was going to have to make. And she asked me for advice and I said, you know, I don't know your business that well. I said, find somebody in the company you're involved with she's in a direct sales company um, with a health and wellness direct sales company i said find somebody in within the company who you can look up to who is very successful and i said ask them for a meeting ask them to sit down like a sit down and she did that and you know what it's crazy how these people who we usually look up to are usually very very willing to sit down and and listen to, Mm -hmm. to verbalize what you're talking about so it was really interesting because she came back to me and she's like, man, they, they listen. We talked for like two hours and the vision's so much clearer now on what I need to do. And if she wouldn't have verbalized her struggle with, first of all, with me, but also with that lady, um, she would still be there at the fork in the road trying mm-hmm. to decide which way to go. And she would have probably made the wrong decision. Um, so verbalizing it, don't verbalize it to the wrong people. I think it's important to verbalize. Don't verbalize it to negative people. Or to people who maybe aren't your biggest cheerleader. Like you should verbalize yeah. your ideas to your cheerleaders. The people who are mm-hmm. like, man, Nick, you're doing awesome. Keep going. Wow, you do. You have a really cool business going. Whatever it is. Or there's a mentor um, who's always honest with you. But don't verbalize like your ideas or your decisions to people who you already know are going to have a negative comment. Um, it's just it's a waste of your time. Yeah. And it'll get you down. Because our, our minds are always on the defense and so when somebody else is like, well, it probably won't work because of this, then our mind's like, yep, you're probably right. So we need to make sure we have people who are cheerleaders and who are honest with us um, and who, who want to see us succeed. 
Yeah. And it's, it's funny how sometimes it even will help impact your relationship and deepen your relationship. Like there's, there's benefits to it. Um, like I, <clears throat> you know, especially more recently, I'll sit down with my wife and just kind of process me like, okay, here's what I'm going through, which again, before I, I was an internal processor. So I just kind of make decisions and I'm like, all right, here's the decision I made. And she has mentioned that now me kind of processing these things with her when I'm kind of going through something or having a big decision or whatever, she's like, wow, thank you. Like, I'm surprised that you're talking to me about this because before you just kind of do it and then tell me after the fact. And so it's actually helped. It's like affected the relationship with my spouse. The fact that I'm being more open and processing through these things with her, you know, it, she's my cheerleader and my support system. And so we'll have those conversations has affected my relationship. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think that would be true. And, and, you know, not just with spouses, but in, in a variety of relationships where you can have, more benefits than just getting your decision made. Absolutely. Because like, if she knows what you're going through, she's probably going to show you a different kind of respect or maybe, you know, treat you a little different during that time. Um, oftentimes when we just keep things inside, we get offended by things that people do or say to us because they don't know what we're going through. And so mm -hmm. especially like some of you are close to like your spouse. I think Lorna probably wishes sometimes I wouldn't talk to her about so much stuff, but, um we definitely do that like even if it's just a simple business decision we'll often talk about it over the dinner table or something um on what we're planning to do and and i think that's it's actually probably something i take for granted is that communication stream between the two of us is like just talking talking about things um with her and then i have a mentor that i talk to almost every day and we just you know we talk about what's going on in life and i think it's i think it's absolutely key yeah Great. That's awesome. Um, so I'm curious, <clears throat> you being a successful businessman, I think a lot of people look at people and, and say, oh, he must have done everything perfectly or, you know, I wish I could be so lucky or whatever. You know, I'm sure you've heard it all. But so I'm just curious, what, what would you say is your you've already admitted to making bad decisions, <laughs> but what do you think is your bad to good decision ratio? It's getting better every year. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And in certain parts of my business, I probably make better decisions. Yeah. Like, you know, financially, we make pretty good decisions getting better. Um, hiring the right people. It's, it, I don't have a very good track record. Um, but they're again, getting better. You know, we hired mm -hmm. uh, a couple of really good guys lately. And so that's been great. Um, so I think, I think, the entrepreneurial roller coaster will teach you so much that you will still always make mistakes till the day you die. Mm -hmm. So I think as you go along your entrepreneur journey, I don't think you'll ever get to a place where you're like, I make all the right decisions. And if you do think that you're probably a very prideful, arrogant person, but I think you should get better at it. Like, mm -hmm. okay, let's say you struggle financially. Maybe your business has made some really bad investments. Okay, well now let's work on that. Let's like get some let's let's get some mentorship from somebody who's good at numbers and finances. Um, maybe you're terrible at closing sales and maybe whatever. But so like we, there's always things we can work on in our business. Like even now, like you might think, looking at me that I've got it figured out, but I'm sitting here thinking like I wish I had it like this guy has it. Mm -hmm. Like I want to fix yep. these five problems. 
And so there's probably somebody looking at you, Nick, and going, wow, that's awesome. I could never make a podcast or I could never do what he does. And so there's a, we're all in a different place in our journey. Um, and I think we all have to admit that we make mistakes, but I think it is okay to, to strive to become perfect and to make perfect decisions. I think it's, I think that's a really good goal. I think that's where we should be at. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying that it's okay to make bad decisions and it's okay to make mistakes as long as you learn from it and you get better and mm -hmm. you make, you know, if you're making the same bad decision multiple times in a row, then you might have a problem. But if you make mm -hmm. it once and learn from it and never make that mistake again, now you're better off. Is that definitely from a business standpoint? Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously there's personal things like if you go out and get drunk and, you know, hit somebody and kill them. Now you have lifelong, maybe not lifelong, but there's some really long, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to reap a lot of that uh, for yep. a long time. Or there's some personal things, but in the business standpoint, from an entrepreneur, especially most of us are like you were young, we're in our 20s or 30s, maybe even there's some teenagers listening. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, if you're listening to this and you're 25 years old and all you do for the next 10 years is just scrape by and you make a ton of stupid business mistakes and in 10 years of trying to run your businesses, you're just, you're just, just above broke. You barely made any money and your business isn't doing great. You now have 10 years of experience. Most people between 25 and 35, from what I know, they don't really get ahead in life anyways, even working a corporate job. They don't make very wise decisions. They buy nicer cars. They do whatever they have to do. They put everything on payments. And usually by the time they're in their late 30s, early 40s, they finally like figure out, hey, we got to live within our means. We got to make some investments, even working a corporate job. Most of them, by the time they're 32, 33, 34 years old, they're not very far ahead in life. So I always looked at it like if we're young, we can make mistakes. We shouldn't. We should strive to not make them. But even if we make them, we now have stories and experiences that we can take with us the rest of our life. Um, like I said, some decisions, though, there's going to be repercussion there for a long time. Uh, yeah. But most little small business decisions you and I make each day, we can get over them. We can climb over that little that little anthill and, and keep going. It's yeah. not as hard as we think it is, um, even when we make the wrong mistake or make the wrong decision. Yeah. And that's important, I think, especially for someone who's relatively new in your business journey. The first couple of times you fail, it's going to suck and you're going to think you're done and your business is done and you're never going to make it. But if you can get over that, like you said, an anthill, it looks like a mountain. But once you get to the other side, you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And you can do that a few times. Then you can learn it's OK to make mistakes. I, I have had some of my greatest um some of my greatest periods of growth and learning and improvement from failures i mean mm -hmm. that's that's how you learn right is by yep. messing up and exactly so, so i think it's just an important point to make you know if, if you're listening and you are new in business um don't be afraid of failing obviously you want to make wise decisions but you're not going to be perfect and that's okay. And don't be afraid of feeling because that's how you're going to get better. And that comes back to the point of surrounding yourself with the right people, because, you know, you mentioned how after your failures and making their own decisions, you had a period of growth. 
what if you could learn from other people's mistakes and never have mm-hmm. to, never have mm-hmm. to go through that valley? You can watch somebody else go through the valley and you see the path around it, um, learning from a mentor. And I think that's why it's so important to listen to podcasts, to read books, is you learn from other people's mistakes mm-hmm. and you will excel much quicker. Um, however, when you have your own mistakes and you learn from your own, you know, failures, it does, it does build character and it does build, um, you know, being able to, to push through some stamina. So, um, nothing wrong with that, but I would, I would personally rather learn from somebody else's mistake. Yeah. Some things I think we have to learn by going through them. That's one thing I've kind of seen and realized is especially in business, there's things you can hear a million times about business, but until you've actually experienced it and gone through it, you don't really get it. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a balance there, but yeah, no, hundred percent. You can definitely, there's a lot of things you can learn from other people. And yep. Great. Sure. Well, do you have any thoughts on decision-making in business or anything else that uh, maybe we missed or? Well, I would like to talk a little bit about opportunities mm-hmm. and the decisions, whether to take an opportunity or not take an opportunity. That's a good, yeah. Um, I think Carson touched on this last week and I, I want to make sure people remember it. I wrote it down. I probably won't quite get it word for word, but he pretty much said when somebody offers you an opportunity or you come across an opportunity, you owe it to yourself to at least take a look at it. You don't have to buy. You don't have to sign in. Mm-hmm. You don't. Have, if you see an opportunity and you're attracted to it, anything about it is attractive. Now, if it's something you're like, that's terrible, I would never do that, whatever. But if you're a positive person and you see an, you see an opportunity, I think it is the right decision to go there and take a look at it and think on it and then make your decision. But I think oftentimes we get kind of stuck in our rut and we quit looking for opportunities and people quit showing us the opportunities um, and so we miss out. And so when you're making decisions, don't get so stuck on well, maybe I made the wrong decision, so I'm never going to look at another opportunity. You know, that's that's easy. It's like, you know, if you get burned a few times, you're going to learn to not get near the fire. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you got to go t- take a look at an opportunity, an additional opportunity. So I wanted to make that point from last week that Carson made. I thought it was so good. That was one thing I really remembered from from what, which was a great podcast. We've been getting some really good feed, feedback on what Carson had to say last week. And we want to thank him for being on um, as a special guest. But that was my big takeaway was you see an opportunity. He didn't say take it. He said, go take a look at it. Yep. You owe it to yourself. At least check it out. Yeah. Yep. It does Check it out. Yeah. You're not committing to it by checking it out. No, that's yeah. Yeah. And that, like I mentioned that last week, that's something someone said to me, I don't know, at least 10 years ago. And I think about that probably almost weekly like that those words stick in my head something mm-hmm. very similar to what Carson said so mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> sure. but no I think you know as an entrepreneur as a business owner that's what you do is make decisions right I mean every day when you get up when a customer calls I mean that's that decides whether we're successful or not is the decisions mm-hmm. we make and we have to make so many little decisions every day and a big one is what are we going to do with our time yeah. you know who's going to run our schedule you know, mm-hmm. what are we going to do today? It's a huge decision when you get out of bed in the morning. Like, am I going to have, am I going to be positive today? Am I going to be thankful? Am I going to read today? What am I going to eat? I mean, there's so many like 
decisions that we make like sub subconscious decisions and you know we don't we hardly think about it um that have a huge impact so decisions do matter the little ones this is this was a great topic um definitely very important to make the right decision but don't be too worried about getting burnt yep don't be so uh so worried about making the right decision that you don't make any decision at all mm-hmm. yep <clears throat> well uh i think that's a good transition point to move into our go vertical round um <clears throat> i know uh, carson set the bar pretty high last week but we'll see not that we're comparing or anything but we'll see how uh, <laughs> warren handles the go vertical round which if you missed it last week is like a lightning round um so a series of questions warren just whatever pops in your head uh we i'd love and the listeners would love to hear what you think so what is the number one thing any contractor needs to know i don't know if this is what carson said or not i can't remember but numbers gotta know finances Mm. Yep, that is what he said. But I think it is. That's probably why it's in my head still, but it's yeah, 100% the truth. Find the number one. Yep. Perfect. <clears throat> we should maybe do a podcast on numbers sometime. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, next, what is the best thing you have done to find new customers? Well, I'll answer it two ways, but early on, I just went out and talked to people every day. Like I said, five people, five people a day, mm-hmm. you know, and I went out door knocking. I door knock 40 doors a day. Mm-hmm. If people don't know what you do, they're not going to hire you. And I know we have a lot of young entrepreneurs on here and it's easy for me now to sit here and say, well, just do great work. The word will spread. That is how we get new customers now. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But if people don't know what you do, they don't know who you are, you know, they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna call you they have no reason to call you mm-hmm. so get out there and talk to people every single day especially if you're young in your business and just make sure that every business or your potential customers make sure they know about you so go out there and grind yeah awesome how do you stop competing on price well i would say for the first Two years in business, I did nothing but compete on price. And I just got so frustrated with the kind of customers I had. How I stopped, um, definitely started putting value on myself, my time, my services. So have, you know, put value on on your services. You're not just another McDonald's burger. You're yep. a prime steak. And if you're not, then get there. You know, yeah. stand out. <clears throat> awesome. What is your favorite tool or system you use for managing your business? All right. I'm going to give a shout out to company cam hands down company cam. Just look it up. If you're, if you're anything to do with construction, just look it up. It isn't, it wasn't meant to be a CRM, but it's kind of turned into one for us. We have a full blown CRM, but company cam has been really awesome. It's been the best. Nice company cam is a game changer. Um, any ideas for getting referrals from existing clients? Ask and you shall receive most times. Um, we ask a little bit. We, we offer like a $500 gift card or like a a gift certificate or cash. Even sometimes if we get a commercial client from another commercial, um, customer, but I think doing good work, it'll kind of happen on its own. 
um, is very important. Um, one thing that helped me a lot is I went to uh, chamber of commerce meetings a lot. And so mm. I'd have clients that were there and then maybe he would be talking to me and another person would walk over and in black river falls, Wisconsin, we pretty much own that town as far as roofing. Um, and I give a lot of that credit to not only doing good work, but like being in the right places. So being where your customers are. So whether it's the fair, um, whether it's at a trade show, um, whether it's at a chamber of commerce meeting, like interacting with your clients, not just getting the check and putting it in the bank and then never talking to them again. They're going to kind of forget you. Um, sending gifts, you know, uh, make them want to talk about you, you know? Love it. So like, you know, make them want to talk to their neighbor about, you know, the roof. So uh, for instance, we get our t-shirts made at a place called M&M Sports out of, out of Black River. And we built the relationship um, with them and they're, they're great people, but they started telling people about us and we landed a job and just completed it. Never worked for them. They've worked wow. for us. They've made shirts for us, Yeah. but they had a customer that came in and said something about their roof leaking. And right away she said, Hey, call seamless roofs. Hmm. And so they called, they obviously had our number yep. from all the t-shirts and hoodies and hats they've made for us. <laughs> and, um, you know, we got the job and completed it. So interacting, um, making people want to talk about you. First of all, probably just got to have a great experience. They've got to have a great experience with you or they're not going to want to tell their friends. If they have a bad experience, they'll definitely tell their friends. Yeah. No doubt. Awesome. All right. Lastly, what is the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? Like as our company? So uh, yeah, like as a business. Yeah. What can you do to stand out? Mm -hmm. So one thing that I do, I'll touch a little bit more on this, like it's on the roofer help side, which is um, just a, a Facebook page, kind of a name for our, our little group. But one thing that we do on the contracting side is most people, when they first take a look at the Conklin roof coatings is they see us as just a material provider. And so one thing that we try to do that's different is be more like a day-to-day -day friendship or relationship where we provide training, um, where we provide lots of trainings. That's something that's, you can't really put a dollar on as training. So I think um, sharing real life experiences and providing training has helped set us apart uh, from other manufacturers, other material providers. Um, so on that side, and on the roofing side, um, one thing that, that I'd say would help us set us apart is just like quality of workmanship. We've really worked on putting that up, um, response time, and then just a young, highly energetic crew. Um, so they have a, a great experience when we're there. So, yeah, perfect. Whew. Lightning rounds over. You passed. You made it. There should be like a timeline on it. Like, yeah, three I mean, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was great, though. There was a lot of really good stuff in there. I think people will be uh, encouraged by that. So what uh, what's in the future for you? What are you excited about in the next 90 days or so? Next 90 days. Well, um, one of our longest second longest employees is getting married in about a week and a half. And so that's going to be a huge, a huge deal. Uh, best awesome. man at that wedding. So that's, that's very exciting. Yep. Um, I'm taking a couple new ventures uh, with the Conklin company and that's been very, very exciting uh, working as their national sales manager. So I'll be um, in Kentucky, Virginia, um, Ohio, doing meetings, um, doing some training, uh, doing some roof inspections from a corporate standpoint. So that's, that's probably the most exciting thing for the next three months. Um, mm. It's also going to be very exciting to see how the roofing season plays out. 
uh, turn over a lot of the the leadership role in our company. And so in three months, uh, the first full year will be uh, completed with with my brother kind of in charge. And so it'll be exciting to run the numbers at the end of the year and and put a plan together going forward. So yeah, the next three months, I mean, it's really it's going to be the middle of uh, September. No, it'll be the middle of October. Middle of October so yeah. really the roof coating seasons in Wisconsin is pretty much can be wrapped up in three months. So mm-hmm. uh, we're coming right in on it. So the next, the next quarter here is going to be exciting for sure. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for letting me put you in the hot seat. Um, as we wrap up, uh, I'm curious, kind of one last, if you can give one last piece of uh, your wisdom. What, what would you say is your number one piece of advice that you give? And I'm sure <clears throat> um, you actually help entrepreneurs uh, build their businesses. So what do you, what's the number one piece of advice you give entrepreneurs who are trying to build their own business? Be positive. Hmm. Just be positive That's every single day, no matter so what. Important. Be so ridiculously positive that people mm-hmm. tell you that you need to start being real. That's probably the number one thing because you have to be positive every single day. I made a decision in early June because I was going through kind of a rough spot. And I realized that all of my anxieties of what might be coming up was taken away from enjoying today and enjoying mm-hmm. being my family and enjoying. And so I made a decision that I was going to have joy in every single day. I was going to find joy no matter what is going on. I'm going to find Priceless. joy in every single day. And um, my thing I've been telling myself ever since then is to not let the worries of tomorrow steal the joys of today. Oh yeah. And that That's has cool. made such a wild impact. I can't even tell you mm-hmm. to just be joyful every single day. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're still gonna have hard parts of your day, but oh, you're yeah. gonna find parts of your day that you're gonna have a joyful time. Yeah, you're gonna be positive. Yep, that's that's awesome. That's that's great advice. Yeah, hundred percent. That is fantastic. You always uh, have one piece of advice, so that's, yeah, <laughs> that's it today. No, but that is so good, Mike. Because like we've talked about before, mindset is everything. Yep. And so yeah, <clears throat> um, I always link your uh, Facebook uh profile in the show notes um is that the best way to people get in touch if they want to reach out to you yeah absolutely just look up warren ut on facebook there's a couple uh a couple uh different profiles on there but you can look me up on there i always gladly give my number out too you can put that on the show notes if you want i don't care text i prefer text um you can certainly call me if you want um but yeah facebook's a great way to connect um a little bit on instagram but not really so facebook's probably the you'll get the quickest response time so yeah. Awesome. If there's anything else you want to talk about, you've pretty much heard everything I have to say uh, yeah. <laughs> the episode here. But right. I'd love to chat about business, uh, life in general, uh, roofing, going vertical, personal development. Love talking about those topics. Yeah. Well, like I thought at the beginning, this turned out to be a really fun uh, episode. Um, that was great uh, to chat with you, Warren, and kind of interview you learn a little more about you pick your brain a little bit uh that was super fun so thank you for um yeah getting in the hot seat and getting yeah man interviewed this week that was thank you so much for pushing me to do the the podcast as a whole it's been a lot of fun it's been nine weeks now Um, nine episodes are recorded and uh so this has been a blast i hope you guys are enjoying it we're trying to bring value every single day to help you go vertical 
Uh, it's interesting. We had a real estate agent reach out to uh, both of us actually, and and somebody that's been listening to the podcast, and she just shared this morning with me how much of an impact, um, you know, just some of the positive things that we've shared have had on her. And so it's really cool to see us making, you know, being able to share some of that wisdom from our listeners and maybe even a little bit from ourselves uh, with people that are totally not in the roofing industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really exciting. So that really, that got me going today and and really got me excited to, to do this episode. But thank you, Nick, for all that you've done to put all this together. And uh, we got some great guests coming up. So it's gonna be yeah. exciting next week. Um, can we, uh... Can we share? Is the guest for next week locked in? Can we tease who's uh, coming up? Yeah, locked in enough. <laughs> All right. So next week, we're going to have a very good friend of mine and somebody who's had a ton of success in the roofing industry. Uh, his name is Elias Raber, and somebody that had a huge impact on on my life early on. It was somebody that I was scared to go talk to, but once I talked to him, uh, he just poured into me, and so that was great. So when he agreed to coming on our podcast, uh, which I figured he would do, um, he's going to talk next week and it's going to be, it's going to be really powerful. So don't miss it. That'll be a, probably be our best episode to date. Um, if it goes the way I think it'll go. So his name is Elias Raber. He's from, uh, Erie, Pennsylvania area. Uh, very, very success, successful young man. I believe he's in his thirties. Uh, he's got a wife and I think about four children. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a great episode. Yes, that is super exciting. Uh, be awesome to have, uh, Elias on for episode 10. So make sure to tune in. Uh, next week. Thank you for listening uh, this week and make sure that you follow or subscribe or whatever it is, depending on the platform you're listening to this on. Uh, Give us a five-star review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, We would love that. Um, Thanks again to the Roofer Help for being our sponsor. Uh, We're excited for that. And uh, I think that is all I have to say to wrap up. So, Until next week, let's go vertical.